This podcast is brought to you by Brunner Communications, your best resource for public speaking, presentation, and storytelling skills. Visit lizbrunner.com and take your skills to the next level. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. I'm Liz, and my goal with each episode is to share stories of people who are recreating their lives or rising above challenges to write their next chapters with authenticity. These stories give me the courage to go after living my best life, and I think they will do that for you, too. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the show so this podcast can continue to inspire next chapters all over the world. From psychotherapist to fashion stylist, my guest has risen above a traumatic childhood to learning how to trust herself and live her best life. Hello, everyone. This is Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner, and I'm Liz. When I learned about Tara West's story, I knew I wanted the world to know more about her because of her courage to transform her life and create a next chapter. Tara, welcome to my podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I am thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to have you. When people first think about a fashion stylist, all kinds of things might come to their mind. But you believe that your background as a former family therapist plays a big role in your business today. How so? As a woman and just as a person, we all have certain things that we might not love about our bodies or we might have a shoe size that is impossible to find. There's a lot of psychology that comes to play when I'm working with people, whether it's hiding a certain thing or working with a certain part of our body that we don't like. Even to the finances, finances are a very psychological process. How much do we want to spend on something? My psychology background really plays a part. I feel like it helps me understand people and where they're coming from. I also love to share with my clients that your attire communicates your intentions, but it also has a huge impact on how you feel about yourself, what you wear. Wouldn't you agree? I absolutely agree. I always say, if you feel good about what you're wearing, you're going to probably have a pretty good day. When we start to put things on that doesn't feel good or doesn't fit right, we kind of self-deprecate. And when you start to self-deprecate, it goes negative. So you really want to wear things or put things together that make you feel good and confident. And I think confident, as you would say, is probably key to anything. If you feel confident, you're probably going to be very successful in what you do because you feel good about yourself. How you got to where you are today and the story of your life and childhood of what all you went through is one that is sadly so tragic on many levels. To the outside world, it looked like your family was one of means and wealth, but behind closed doors, it was quite a different story. What was going on, Tara? As you know, it's a very long story. Mm -hmm. I always say it's pretty much a true Hollywood story, but there are no actors. It was real life. My mother was an alcoholic and a drug addict, but also she had mental illness. And my father was an alcoholic. And, you know, the combination of the two was not positive. Because of their dysfunction, my brothers and I went through a lot of different marriages, divorce. I unfortunately was impacted the most because, well, I'm my mother's daughter. And so it was always me helping my mom, but she put a lot on me. She would blame me for a lot of her problems because she wasn't able to own them herself. 
As you talked about, your parents did divorce. That happened when you were two years old. At age three, your parents put you in therapy. At age four, your mother threatened to send you to an orphanage if you didn't behave. I can't even imagine what those experiences were like. What do you remember most about that time period? I just remember thinking these people are really crazy. When you go to other people's homes and it's not like that, you know that there's something not right, but you can't articulate it. You're a child. Honestly, I felt really bad about myself most Mm -hmm. of my childhood and teen years because when your parents don't want you, your own parents don't want you, that plays a huge psychological toll on you. It takes years to overcome that. And also to be able to put language to it and how it made you feel. So clearly, I did not feel well, good about myself. And at a point in time, you say that you were a fixer and you were always just surviving. How do those two things go hand in hand? I was always trying to fix things in terms of my mom would have these volatile fights with whichever husband it was. And it would be like glass all over the floor with blood and I would be fixing, cleaning I just wanted to make everything okay. And I think that that played a part in my relationships later Mm -hmm. with people, with men, with women. As anybody who knows is a survivor, when you are surviving and you finally get to a place in life where you don't need to survive anymore, that you can live, it's a very impactful place for you to do important work to heal. You talked about moving around a lot, I know, when you've shared your story before. And I really wondered about this, why an organization like Family Services didn't step in or did they? I love you for saying this because I've asked myself this at being a former therapist, why? And there are a couple of reasons. First of all, my father is a criminal lawyer. He's a very prominent lawyer in Beverly Hills. And because of that, nobody wanted to touch it. Also, my mother was a psychological, pathological liar. When you have a teen who is complaining and like saying all of these things, people are not necessarily believing you. There was Mm -hmm. one point in time when I was in elementary school that social services was called and they did take me out of a classroom and they put me in this tiny room. I think I was in fifth grade, asked me all these questions about my mom and her behavior. And I asked them, are you going to tell my mom that we spoke? And they said yes. And from then on, I said nothing else. I was too scared because I didn't know the outcome. And because my father was a lawyer, I was always afraid that I was going to get in trouble. He easily would turn it on me like I would be arrested or these tactics to kind of deter me from speaking up. Well, if your home life wasn't bad enough, you were bullied at school. Why were you bullied? It was a huge incident where my mother was drinking too much and she got into a car accident and she killed one of the people in the car and the other was put into a wheelchair for life. I could never put into words what that made me feel like or the shame that I felt. But when I told people, and I was living in Beverly Hills at the time, that this had happened, everybody shunned me. Now they would say I was canceled. It was a very hard thing for, I think, kids to digest. But of course, they probably went home and told their parents. And so the outcome was really to be mean to me. Somehow, somewhere deep inside your soul, you never stopped believing in yourself. Where did that strength come from? Well, there were three significant people in my life who stepped in. One of them was my third grade teacher. She would take me to her house to babysit her daughter, but really she was giving me a safe place to live. And she would always tell me this, it wasn't my fault. And I believed her because half of me knew that 
they were crazy. But I did believe her. And then it was my grandmother who I lived with in Beverly Hills. Her and I were very, very close. And she was the foundation of love for me, I would say. And then my uncle, he's the one that took me in, in high school. These people believed that I could be something. And they believed in me enough to take me in when they really didn't have to. And I think that that's a very powerful thing to do for somebody. When did you realize that you, and you alone in some respects, had a choice of which path to take and how you were going to live your life? When did that happen for you? I think it was in my early 20s when I said to myself, you know what, you have to make a decision of how you want to live. Because when I lived with my mom, I had to live with her in high school for a little bit. And I had a situation with one of her husbands who he had thrown me against the hardwood floors, banged my head many times. And it was at that point when I ran out of the house and I said to myself, this is it. I have two choices in life. I can either stay here and fail miserably or go to college and make something of myself. So I would say that's the most pivotal point as a person to save myself. So you go to graduate at Ithaca College, you get your master's in marriage and family therapy. Why did you make that choice as a career path initially? In my 20s, I became this person that was like, what am I going to do with my life? I don't know what to do. Nobody's giving me direction, but I had been in therapy since I was three. So I thought to myself, I know that profession and I think I'd probably be pretty good at it. And there was a big part of me that probably still needed to heal a lot. And I don't know, that gave me a lot of healing by helping other people. And so it seemed like a natural course for me to go. Where did this passion for fashion come from? And why didn't you pursue that initially? As crazy and dysfunctional as my family was, you always showed up dressed. I mean, you were dressed no matter what. It could have been the craziest night of the light where police were at my house and everything, but we all looked good. So it was always innate. You know, I grew up in L.A., so fashion was my passion. And I couldn't go to school to be an actor because that was how many people make it as an actor was similar to fashion. I just always had this passion. And I always say I was the best dressed therapist ever. And I just didn't know how to not be dressed. And I always know, I've always known it's what I want to do, really. I just didn't know how to get there. When did you then know that you were done being a therapist and that you should actually pursue your passion for fashion? I had three kids. They went to a prominent preschool in Boston and everybody would say to me, where did you get that? You know, can you come style me? And it was at that point in time that I said, you know what, I'm going to start a business. I was done being a therapist. I had worked with a lot of young kids who were suicidal and having young kids, I I just couldn't take that on anymore. It was a little too much for me. Mm -hmm. So I felt done. I felt completed. And now I wanted to do this incredible retail therapy job. I'd launched two parties, two shopping parties, and I didn't know if anybody was going to come. And everybody came, and then it became word of mouth before social media. Well, launching a business of any kind is rarely ever easy. How did you find the courage, the confidence, and the trust within yourself to say, I'm going to do this? First of all, I knew I was not a stay-at-home mom. I can't do that. I have to work. There was so much in me still. And I figured, you know what, if I don't do this now, then I'm going to regret it the rest of my life. I just knew. And I didn't know how it was going to play out or whether it was going to be successful. I just knew that it was something that I had and wanted to do. 
Well, today you are an independent personal stylist with your own business, Terra West Fashion, and you're considered one of Boston's preeminent fashion and lifestyle bloggers. Plus, you have a podcast, Shorts with Terra and Jill. Share with everybody, what are some of the services that you offer with your company? Typically, a client will call me because they want me to go through their closet, kind of weed out what to I get might rid be one of those. <laughs> Springs here, right? So January, February were a big time to do that. And so from there, I usually tell them what they need, what they could use in their closet. And I either go shopping for them or they go for shopping for themselves. And then we create a lookbook. But I also do events. A lot of my clients travel often. And so they want to have outfits that they can wear that are easy to pack, back to back packing and trips. I also help kids get their first interview suit, which is actually one of my favorite. That's a great gift to give somebody. It's one of my thrills. I love it. Post COVID, people are now going back to the office and not quite sure what to wear because office attire has changed. My male clientele has increased a great deal. You talked about having three kids just a moment ago, and I have to wonder how your own personal experiences with so much loss and so much trauma growing up have impacted you as a parent today. I always say I couldn't be a worse parent than my parents. (laughs) So I actually am very confident in being a parent because I couldn't do worse. I could only be better. I really enjoy my kids. There's a great respect between the three of us. They know that I have had a rough life, but there's certain contexts in which I share with them that are important, such as alcohol and drugs and these things. But I really want them to be who they are. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to have rules and consistency. And the one thing I did not have was consistency. And I think with anything in life, consistency is key. Sadly, when your mom passed, it was yet another tragic story, her own passing. And you thought at the time that you had moved past all the hard emotions, but they all came flooding back. They did. My mother, she drank herself to death and they did not find her for about 10 days. I have mourned the loss of a mother a long time ago, but when she passed in such a tragic way, not that I didn't expect it to be tragic, it hits you hard when you see somebody who died alone in such a horrible way, and that's your mother. If I heard that story, I would be sad for anybody, but the fact that it was my mother really impacted me. I was very sad. I was much sadder than I thought I would be. But I think that that's good because in the past, when you are surviving, you tend not to even take on emotion because it's too much. I was happy for myself that I gave myself time to mourn and to feel that loss. The journey towards healing is just that, a journey. What would you want to tell your younger self if you could? And what have been the biggest lessons you've learned about life and living? Not to blame yourself. I put way too much on me. I did this because it was put upon me. I was asked to be an adult at a very young age and to handle things that most people haven't gone through their entire lives. And I would also tell myself not to feel shameful. It's very easy to feel shameful when your parents behave or do things that you have no control over. Don't wait for opportunity, create opportunity. I was always very shy when I was young. You would never know that now, but I was. And it has taken me a lot to push myself to the point where I am. But nobody's going to make it or do what you want. It's up to you. It's up to you to make your life what you want it to be. And it's okay to heal. 
And one other thing I want to say is it's also okay to walk away from relationships. Even if it's family, even if it's a friend that you've been friends with forever, if it is not good and if it's not healthy, I give you permission to walk away. So well said. I want to come back to something you said a moment ago when you were talking about helping a young person get that first interview suit. I'm curious, besides that, what has been the best thing for you about following your passion and having this business and working with people? The best thing that happens is when I get a text after I've worked with somebody and they say they feel like the best version of themselves that they've ever felt. And this doesn't mean because they've lost 10 pounds or because they did Botox or any of these things. It's because they feel good in what they're wearing. It's good to stop having things in your closet that you're going to say, oh, when I lose five pounds, when I lose 10 pounds, live for now. And I think if COVID's taught us anything, it is to live for now and be happy with who you are and what you have. And bringing my clients a sense of joy and confidence in themselves really is everything. And I think that that comes back full circle to the psychological process or what I studied in psychology, because I would feel the same way when I would help somebody when I was a therapist. And that's what I love about connecting your dots in particular. And I always say to people, no knowledge is ever wasted. That experience as a former family therapist and the psychology that was involved in helping them really helps you now when you're working with clients and helping them feel good about themselves, but in a different way. I love the connection. It brings me great joy. And I always tell people, I don't want you to have buyer's remorse. We're not trying to get you the fanciest thing there. But if you want it, I'll help you style it 15 ways so you feel like you spent your money well. I mean, it's very important to make people feel really confident in everything that they've chosen to buy. Because you can go to TJ Maxx and overbuy and have a closet full of stuff that you just never wear. And you end up spending as much as you would on like one blazer. So I like to really help people in that regard, too. All right. War advice. What are the three essentials, three essentials we need in every wardrobe, in every closet for every person, male or female? I always say have one great pair of jeans. All of us have 25 pairs of jeans. You really only need three in your closet, but have that one, that one that you can take to travel and you can wear day to night for men too. I would say have one great shoe, whether it's a a sneaker something really, you know, because we are lucky sneakers are very popular and very chic right now. So have one of those two, especially if you're going to travel, break it in. Don't just get it and wear it because you'll get a blister and yell at me. (laughs) And then I say a great blazer. I think everybody should have one great blazer. Men too, because you know, you can wear a blazer with those jeans I told you about. You could also wear it with a sneaker and throw on a tank top, whatever, t-shirt. And right there, those are three essentials you'll have in your wardrobe forever. You can spend a little more money on them because you can style them in so many different ways. All right. I have to go back to the jeans for a second. What makes a great pair of jeans? Number one. They're not too tight. It could actually sit in them. A lot of people, you know, oh, it's going to stretch. Yeah, stretchy jeans do stretch, but if there's no stretch, they're not going to stretch. So just make sure that you're comfortable sitting down because you want to make sure that that's going to last you through the day. And then what about a great blazer? What makes a great blazer? A blazer is all about the tailoring. For a woman, I feel like a very nice tailored blazer, like a Veronica Beard. There's Smythe brand. These blazers are really very feminine, and I like the way that they fit. You could do them with a skirt. You can do them with jeans, a nice pair of pants. And for a man, I think it's really about fit as well. It can't be too long. If you're on the shorter side, 
a long blazer looks very silly. It actually makes you look shorter. So just be mindful of the tailoring on everything. All such good advice, Tara. And if you folks want more advice, all you have to do is go to TaraWestFashion.com. You can learn more about her work there, her blogs, even her podcast, and get some great fashion tips as well. Tara, I know that there are people listening who may also have experienced traumatic childhoods, but hearing your story, may they say to themselves, if Tara can rise above, so can I. Thank you so much for sharing all of you with us today really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. Know that you always have a choice to how you want to respond to life. Choose the path that brings you joy and allows you to be your best self and live your best life. Until next time, be well. This podcast is brought to you in part by Fast Twitch Media, helping people tell their stories and giving them worldwide reach. The future is in the cloud and Fast Twitch Media can take you there. Be your best digital self. Check out fasttwitchmedia.space.